Well, it had to happen. I'm looking at movies made in Britain in the early to mid-70s. At some point, the British sex comedy movie would have to raise its head. Ooh, uh, missus. But rather than start with those mid-70s flesh pots, the Confessions movies, the Amorous Milkman, How to Keep It Up for a Week, and I will be looking at those at some point, I've started with something a little different. Yeah, it's a sex movie, but it's a different kind of Brit sex movie. Because I'm now looking at Percy. Percy was released in 1971, did very well at the box office, and it's a simple story. It's a transplant movie, so early 70s, Britain leading the way, everything needs to be new and moving forward. As Wilson said in the late 60s, but as he said, it's the white heat of technology, so we have a transplant surgeon who is pioneering. But he's not interested in heart transplants or kidney transplants, oh no. He's interested in something a little further south. He's interested in something around the penile area. All he needs is a donor and someone who needs one. So this is about the first ever penis transplant, the Percy of the title, and about what happens when people want to know who that is and about what happens when you are given the appendage of somebody else and whether you take on their character. In this film, he's given the appendage of the man who falls from a great height and destroys his appendage. That man happens to be a philanderer. And the gentleman who receives the appendage, Edwin Anthony, played by Hugh Bennett, spends all of the film trying to find something. Trying to find out who this person was. Trying to find out what he was like. Trying to find out what kind of character he had, what he was like sexually. But actually trying to find something else. It's a simple story, and it's not really a sex comedy. What this film spends most of its time doing is trying to convince us that it's not a sex comedy. Yeah, it's bawdy, but it's not grubby. Right from the start, it tells you, look, this is directed by Ralph Thomas. This is the guy who directed the Doctor movies, some carry-on films. You can trust him. He's legitimate. And look at the kind of actors we've got in here. Denham Elliott's in here. He's playing the, 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 the surgeon. Elkie Summers here. Britt Eklund. These are big stars. So this is not some kind of backstreet thing. This is all in the light and we've got big stars and paid big money for these stars. And the movie, although it contains moments of 
romping is not a sex boobs and bums movie. It's actually very chaste. When you consider that at the same time, Hammer was doing Countess Dracula, which has lots of boobs, and this film has boobs too. And when you consider they were moving on to Lust for a Vampire and Twins of Evil, that's far bawdier than what we've got here. Because what Hugh Bennett's character, what the main character is looking for, is himself. Is a way to be himself. It's a new start for him. He's stuck in a loveless relationship with a woman who just wants attention but doesn't want it from him. It's a new start. He's looking for something. He's looking for love. He's not looking for sex. There is a, a moment where, and yes, he goes to see lots of women who were involved with this philandering gentleman whose appendage he is now sporting. But he doesn't have sex with any of them. He never manages it. Not because the appendage doesn't work, but because that's not what he's interested in. One of the women... Marilyn, who's played by Julia Foster, is very keen that, well, my life is based around a simple situation of sex. I don't want love. That's too complicated. He meets her. They have a good time together. They have a snog. She says, we can't go back to my house because of my, of my, my parents. They go to an abandoned car and he can't have sex with her because he doesn't want to. He says, maybe we should get to know each other a bit more. And she says, I didn't think you were that kind of bloke. I thought you were a gentleman. Flipping this on its head, because what's happened in the permissive society is that sex is a commodity. It's sold to you and it's going to be sold to you a lot more when we get to the middle of the of the of the decade and we get to the confessions films and we get to a commodification of hardcore sex in films like um, Deep Throat in America that become very popular. And that retrenches when we get the moral minority in Reagan's 1980, 1980 and on through that decade government. It brings it back. The moral minority become the moral majority. But this film won't go as far as that. It has a moral basis. And Huel Bennett plays that character so well because he is the moral basis in this movie. The doctor who just wants attention, watching himself on TV is what he loves. Every time he enters, he has the, sw the swirling and swelling strings of, the doctor, of a Dr. Kildare type theme. All he wants is to be famous, is the attention of fame. He doesn't have a moral heart in that way. His wife doesn't have a moral heart in that way. But he meets somebody who gives him that, who is the woman who was married to the man whose appendage he now has. She knew he was a philanderer and he never really wanted her in that way. But now they have a chance to be together. She is his moral compass too, but 
Huel Bennett plays that main part with a kind of disconnection, a kind of naivety, which in the Confessions films, Robin Asquith half has, but what Robin Asquith also has in his amorous encounters is a sort of opportunism. I'm going to get a bit for myself now because this is the situation. At no point does he say, no, this is not right. And no point does a conversation take place before they have a bit of something. This character is different. He wants to find something out. He's very naive. He wants to talk. Not that he's not interested in women. He's interested in people. And he's interested in himself. And that makes this a very chaste movie. On the one side, you've got the brash feeling of uh, society. Um, the surgeon, Emmanuel Whitbread, played by Dan Elliott, who plays shabby so well. There's something shabby about this man, even though he's rich and a high flyer. His wife and her lover, soon to be her husband, it seems early on, played by Patrick Mower, brash. Somebody who seems to be able to talk his way into situations. Somebody who brooks no dissent, comes in like a whirlwind. And then some of the women like Elkie Sommer, who just want to um, have sexual intercourse, who just want to have sex, and particularly with somebody who's in the paper and very interesting and in the news. But on the other side, you have people like the person that he um, that he pals up with, Moira Washington, who has a moral centre. People like um, Maggie Hyde, played by Adrienne Poster. And actually, one of the best things I've seen Adrienne Poster in, I'm not really that keen on her generally, but she has a very kind of gentle feeling about her. Sheila Stiefel playing Mrs Gold. There is a Jewish joke in this, um, and consequently, the idea that her husband's um, her husband's penis can't really be the one that's been given because of well, you know what that is. But she plays it with a very lovely longing for her husband, who she lost, a wonderful man. So on the one side, there's this brash go-getting situation, and on the other side, there are people who are desperately trying to find themselves, who have been disqualified by that kind of society. The main character here, as I say, played by Hugh Bennett and beautifully played as well, in a diffident air, but not so much that you want to shake him by his shoulders and say, wake up, man. He actually knows himself, but he's searching for something. That character, Edwin Anthony, is an antique dealer and he knows his antiques and what he won't do is he won't do a deal. Sue Lloyd comes into the shop to see a chandelier, which is what he's carrying when, he, when the gentleman falls on him and um, breaks his ardour, if you like. And it's a lovely chandelier. And he said, she says, how much is it? £400. $400? No, £400, because I know the value of things. When he goes to see um, Moira, she says, what do you think about my imitation Welsh chest? And he says, well, that's real, but your chairs aren't. He knows the value of things. He knows about things. Other characters 
know the price of everything but the value of nothing. And it, all depends, it doesn't matter whether you've got little money or lots of money because the doctor has the same thing. So this is a more interesting movie. It does scream, this is not grubby. It did come out with an R certificate, but there are other things that make you think this is much more um, civilized than that. You know, the music's done by the Kinks. There are these great actors, Graham Crowden, for instance, who plays um, a, a gay gentleman, but it's not played for laughs. The uh, Anthony goes to see him because he wants to check whether it was his ex-partner who, whose penis he has. And Graham Crowden talks about how wonderful he was and I miss cooking for him. And it's played beautifully. And Anthony says, well, I, 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 I like women. I'm not of, I, I don't like men, but thank you very much for, for, for talking to me. And it's not played for laughs. It's played for gentle um, humanity. I really enjoyed this movie. I'd never seen it. I thought it was a great piece of work. You can see it, just a bit of a laugh, because there's some carry-on type jokes there. But there's more to it than that. There is more humanity and a beating heart here. The thing about the transplant is a MacGuffin to get us into a story. But what they're really doing is looking for a kind of pilgrim's progress situation and people trying desperately to fit into life in some way. This has a ramble rating of four and a half out of five. And I really, really had a good time with this. Not sure if I'll watch the sequel but let's see what they do with that as well. Ta-ta.